This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Whakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. It is kind of a strange day, I think, with the borders, at least from Australia, open and everybody celebrating. But it's kind of admitting defeat, don't you think? It is. I think um, it's time to just be ready for the new normal, whatever that looks like, and um, but do you know what, Sam? I'm thankful every day that we're we're going through this with Omicron, and it wasn't with Delta uh, or the one you know the original version that you know just seemed to want to wipe out all our oldies. And I think we're we're just in a really incredibly fortunate and enviable enviable position. Really, yeah. lots to Let, be thankful for. Let's just hope we've delayed long enough and smoothed the curve long enough that the hospitals won't be overrun. Here, here. And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce Doug Schuler. Uh, Doug is has an interest in civic technology. Um, he uh, says that he plays a role in making things better. In short, he fixes stuff. And I just love people who do that. We need more fixes and less breakers in the world, Doug. It's lovely to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. I I, I thought I said I, I would I try to fix things, <laughs> you know, or try to help somebody else uh, because you don't really fix anything kind of by yourself. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's sort of my, my vision is to play some positive role in sort of the niche I'm in. So welcome, Doug. Where are you, Doug? I'm in Seattle right now, so it's 8 o'clock at night. Uh, it's been kind of raining most of the day, which is kind of what we're famous for, even though it's not really true that we have more rain than most places in the U.S., so we've been asking so people spread out. We've been asking people how their bubble life was, and then it turned into a for us it turned into a traffic light, and and now we seem to have not be talking about traffic lights and talking about phase three, which is as we were talking about before, um, seemingly letting the the disease run. How has your whatever you call your pandemic life been? Well, you know, I I. I uh retired, I don't know, five years ago now, and I'm still kind of working 40 or so hours a week, uh, just not getting paid. Uh, but but how is it going? 
you know, reasonably well. We've been under lockdown for two years, almost exactly. Uh, under, I wouldn't say lockdown, but with, you know, fairly stringent rules. Seattle was the first place in the U.S. to, to get uh, COVID. And, but also, you know, we have Microsoft and uh, Amazon and all these places. And so when they said to work remotely, people said, fine, you know, and, and we were pretty ob abiding by the, by the rules. And sort of like you, I thought that uh, I was, I was thought it might just last a little while. And, you know, ran into two years. And uh, I sort of thought that everybody was going to hang together, you know, and, it, and, you know, with that, we would quote, flatten the curve. And it would be this big collective uh, moment. And I was disappointed to some degree with that. Um, these global protests, etc. Um, but yeah, here it's been reasonably well. Our our bubble has sort of grown and shrunk and morphed over time, depending on who's clean and who's, and then how you know how much can you do on the porch? And everybody was building these these uh, uh, you know shelters in their backyard for people to to congregate. It was quite interesting, and, and you know I wonder how long lasting it'll be. But the street life around here. Uh, zillions of restaurants have outdoor facilities that are really pretty cool, you know, and they look good even. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so we've been okay. You know, we can be with our grandkids sometimes. Most of the time it's been okay. And then sometimes we couldn't. And so we were out walking because we could do things outdoors. That was pretty okay. I was walking in the park and, and my grandson Nico was with me and he grabbed my hand and I said, Nico, we're not supposed to be doing that. He said, he goes, well, don't tell anybody. So <laughs> I, I let him, you know, we held hands when we were walking and uh, we didn't get COVID. So it was all right. And you said you're working 40 hours a week, but not getting paid for it. What are you working on? Well, I'm working on lots of things. Uh, I'm, I'm the chair of this organization called SIGCAS, which is part of ACM, as you know, uh, Sam. And um, it's a international uh, professional association for computer professionals. And there's this one group within it, a special interest group on computer computers and society. And I kind of, somebody asked me if I would run. And so I ran. And so now I found out that I became the chair. And so that's, it's not taking a huge amount of time, but, but I'd like to get it to be, uh, you know, more, more active, more energetic, more uh, uh, sort of engaged than, uh, yeah, more of a, not a spectator sport necessarily. Yes. Uh, and then I've been writing papers. Uh, I wrote a paper with Lucy Suchman and Andrew Clement and several other people called Defund Big Tech, Refund Community. Uh, 
and that was that was pretty interesting fun putting it together with about six people also trying to write this kind of opus magnum on using patterns you said you're familiar with those sounds uh, those are the ones you're talking about on your desk it's the most useful tool that i have for the work that i do is is your set of pattern cards i was given them i don't know how long ago it was let's say it was about six years ago um and i i probably don't use them every day but it wouldn't be far off that's i mean that that so that's one of the things that i've been obsessed with i've been trying to write about that and uh, like I say, we're working on this big paper, which we have no idea where it's going to go because now it's over 100 pages. And then they say, oh, it should be 10 pages. I go, well, it's just 100. <laughs> um, and, and we're not done yet. Uh, but but I really, on beyond the uh, this, this show, I'd like to talk to you, Sam. I mean, if you're getting that kind of use out of the cards, that's spectacular. And I really hope to follow up. Uh, because this idea of of using patterns as ways to kind of coordinate indirectly and uh, and support people doing sort of like sustainability, uh, climate change, any sort of wicked problem, uh, there's a need for people, sort of you know people in power government, uh, people in academia, people on the street, people, quote, ordinary people, they have to work together. And so one of the ideas was for these cards to kind of, or these patterns to, to play a role. And, and that, you know, one of my, one of my students one time said, uh, I mean, one thing that's been interesting about these, about the patterns is that, is that it, it some of my students, undergraduates, would just pop up with some fantastic idea that we would then sort of do as a group. I mean, one one idea, a couple of ideas that students had, we actually did like the whole next quarter. We spent 10 weeks not working just on that, but but on a group project. And one of my one of my students said, we need these patterns for my kindergartner which I thought was really fantastic. And I don't know how to write for kindergartners. I, uh, and then this other person, uh, former student from Egypt, uh, translated all the cards into Arabic. And he said, what we really need is street Arabic. And I mean, if I don't know Arabic, I don't know street Arabic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you want, the sort of the ideal or the, the the dream is to have them be quite accessible. You don't want to just stare at them and say, "What the heck?" And and some of them are sort of in academic speak and uh, this sort of thing. But but this is where I really I don't like these divides. And and I just Sam, I'm looking at some of the, your your work online, and I think where you are now is the uh, one of the things is bridging rural and, and urban. And I, I like being in rural areas. My ancestors are from there. I can't tell if I was born in Los Angeles, California, uh, which is not very 
rural, but but this this divide is so profound between urban and rural, and and it might have been there anyway. But there are people, at least in the U.S., that are really banging the drum to make that divide almost a, a, a dangerous divide. And and I've, I I heard the I heard a politician on. on uh, you know, on the radio, and he said, we need the Republican Party in Washington state to be anti-Seattle all the way, every time. And I, I wouldn't, I never heard anybody in Seattle say, we need to fight the rural areas and keep them down in their place. And I just thought, boy, we have enough trouble without people, you know, lighting matches, throwing, you know, Molotov cocktails, just trying to make trouble, um, and and so at the rural urban, I think with this like the Green New Deal, uh, my my aspirational hope would have been uh, that that you'd have rural and urban working together, you know, because what would, we wouldn't eat anything in the city. I mean, maybe people have gardens. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the stuff is mostly coming from non-urban areas, but, but they need us too, you know. Uh, so this idea of, uh, you know, the animosity between these two regions, and I got myself off track, but that's what I always do. That's all right. But, we're going to yeah, squeeze. Well, we're going to squeeze in yeah. the first of your music choices. Let's have the Kinks, Twentieth Century Man. Why this one? Why this? I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of the only songs that I know that I really like the way it sounds. But but sort of the message is, let's be critical of technology. We don't have to just uh, bow down before it. There's all sorts of problems that we know that it it brings.
I'm pretty sure you get asked this all the time 
And if not, it's a unique question, but I doubt it. Do you have a favorite pattern? You know, I, one of the ones that I really do like, demystification and re-enchantment. And we, in, in, in our book, we came up with a couple of sort of patterns that, that weren't really one thing. They were sort of, uh, you know, complementary things, kind of duels. And, and the, the demystification was to sort of take some of the mystery out of tech because people, people acted like it was magic. And at the same time, they were taking the uh, kind of the, the real mystery and the real things that, that should be enchanted. They were sort of draining all of that out. Like, you know, the, the wonder of children or walking in the woods or are these, you know, just sort of the quote, simple things that are just, we don't have the answers for those and to pretend like we don't or that we can substitute you know, commodification, or, hey, you can buy this product, and that'll be good. And um, so I, I really sort of liked throwing that one in, because it's, it's very, it's not precise. I mean, you have to sort of get into it and let it uh, grow. But that's, that's, I like that one a lot. And then I know which ones my students like, because every once in a while in class, somebody would say, well, that's, such and such is my favorite pattern. And somebody said, oh, I like that one, but my favorite one is this. And it was, it was kind of interesting that they did happen to have favorite patterns. What's yours? I'm not sure. I, I mean, the, what, what I like about them is the, when, when students are talking about the project that they're wanting to work on and they're looking at it in a very sort of narrow sense, and it's very, I'm just trying to achieve this thing. And they haven't taken that sort of step back to, <clears throat> the methodology is not the right word, but it's the, the pattern-ology of, of describing that in a more abstract sense. And so what I have them do is to say, okay, let's just put what you're trying to do aside for the moment and just sort through these cards and pick the five that, that ring your bells. And from there, then we can say, okay, how does your project align with that? There's, you know, there's, there might be one about an, an empowering woman and, and some mechanisms for doing that. Okay, so that helps us align what you're trying to do in terms of developing this technology or, or changing this system. We can actually bring in some of those patterns to help actually give that a purpose. I'm trying to come up with viable quote methodologies because you don't really want to call it that. I agree, but there's some there's some way that you know I believe they they unlock or they they do something and and also in groups I think they can they can they can open up uh, conversations and 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 perspectives. But I don't I have a hard time still trying to articulate or understand sort of why why they kind of work even though i do think that that we see i mean the brain probably one of the things that it does best is is look for patterns and and sort of use patterns we we 
you know, like all trees don't look the same. But the trees, but we say, well, that's a tree, that's a tree, this is a tree, that's not a tree over there, that's something else. It's a fire hydrant. But, uh, but I think there's something kind of fundamental that we haven't really leveraged like like we we can or could. Yeah. But some of those patterns I, I think are really uh, just kind of right on. I mean, I'm really happy with them. And then some I'm less happy with. And, and it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of some sort of shine through and uh, uh, stand the test of time better, seems like. Yeah. I look at uh, the good life and I think of the place that we're in now and I see so much misinformation and misunderstanding and mistrust of science and I see that these are all the result of the absence of teaching critical thinking um, to our kids and I wonder if this is a way that we can do that, how we can, how we can use these to deliver that thinking skill that seems to be missing from the population at the moment. Yeah, I mean that's that's a certainly a worthy goal. My other sort of magnificent obsession is what I call civic intelligence. And you know it's interesting because when I look, not that I've studied it at all, but when I look at the social sciences, they 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 sometimes they tend to go down like the, the route of the, I'll say the physical hard sciences, and which is they want to have a, a formula like E equals MC squared or mass times acceleration. And, and <clears throat> when I think of, of uh, thinking, it isn't just one, one thing. I mean, I, imagination is a big part. I, heroism, I think is is a it plays a role. Uh, humility, you know, there's there's so many there's so many components, and and I think it does sort of get get lost by the wayside, and 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 people don't talk about people don't talk about the abilities or the intelligences of groups. I mean, I'm I'm with you in terms of of the individual because groups are composed of individuals, but. But this idea of of sort of worshiping somebody, not that they do it anymore, maybe, but you know, Einstein, he's no Einstein. But you know, Einstein had a had a sort of a, a way of of thinking, but it's it isn't just a matter of having a few geniuses around. Part of their intelligence needs to be spreading spreading the genius around. And and this is why I like this John Dewey, the American philosopher. He said, uh, you know, he said the, the the intelligence that we have as a nation, he was he was interested in, in the US, he lived here, but but he was also interested in, in worldwide. He said the you have to think about the the whole sort of totality of people sharing knowledge. You can't every every perspective on life you have you've got from other people, basically. I mean, not to say that, you know, you're a non-entity, but um, 
but anyway, so that, that that does seem to be really lacking, and nobody really seems to say it's our it's our most precious natural resource. I think you know because you can't do anything, and the more that people are at at odds with each other and bludgeoning each other, the the more the harder it is for civic intelligence kind of to to emerge, but but then. But then when people start looking at that in a binary way, and you know, I've come to realize that it's never it's never zero. I mean, look in, in Belarus when when you know that thing has been under a dictator's thumb for, for since forever, and the uh, and all of a sudden they just they just took to the streets. Um, I think they were ultimately put down, but next time maybe they won't be. And so it's this thing is it's never it's never zero, but it's always kind of in flux. It can it can really take a nosedive, like I think the U.S. did, you know, five years ago, uh, whatever it was when uh, <clears throat> the person whose people don't really want to use the name, but he was you know he was a wannabe dictator, and and why people could say well I'm going to vote for him because he. He told us that he can fix everything. Well, that's common sense that he can't. I mean, anybody that says I can fix anything, I just say, okay, bye. You know, it's just not for one person to do. And it's that lack of critical thinking, isn't it? You know, like if someone says they can do it, but if you if you lack critical thinking ability, you can't actually sit down and think, well, what are the what's the possibility of him being able to honor that promise or that commitment? I was thinking about your demystification and reenchantment card, and uh, interesting that today uh, somebody sent me a meme um, that said that you know we we complain all the time about this uh, lack of empathy and kindness and understanding and uh, tolerance of different views, but at the same time we've um, made it so that it's no longer socially acceptable to have conversations about religion and politics and all those kind of things. So we've actually made ourselves completely intolerant. Just by, yeah, if we don't, if we don't talk about it, there's no way to get any, I was, I was reading an article and it was called how we, how we stopped the decline of democracy the last time. And uh, I forget what which time it was, but all the signals were very negative. And, and it got so that, that people, you know, in, in a neighborhood like the librarians would say, we've got to do something about this. And, and one of the things that they did that really worked was they had debates. And so if they, they, it was interesting that the debate thing where they could actually get together and argue was a good thing, you know, instead of you be in your corner, I'll be in our corner, and we'll just scream at each other, and or not even at each other. We just in our own local uh, hornet's nests or or ecosystems or whatever will uh, bubbles in the negative sense of the term um, get there and just you know decry the idiocy of the other side. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko tā hoa hau. I hope 
you're all having the best day, beautiful stars and beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are. A triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us, over the last more than two years, we've had to deal with the shock of the new, the shock of these unprecedented times, as they've been referred to. So much in our lives has shifted and changed beyond our control. So much in our lives has completely unexpectedly arisen. And for many of us, our relationship with ourself, with our day-to-day life, with those we love, and with our sense of belonging and trust in the world. All of these relationships have shifted and changed over this time. And for all of us, we've had to develop new ways of doing being, seeing, feeling, so that we can maintain the sense of connection and trust and purpose and belonging and comfort in the world that surrounds us. And of course, this is a difficult process and it's important that we give ourselves and each other the empathy and compassion the love and support that we deserve, that we harness our innate abilities to share our unique, precious life experience, that we're all living uniquely and individually, that we open that space, that dialogue for one another to share, and that we allow ourselves to ask questions. How do we want things to be as they are now? What can we do with the skills that we have to comfort ourselves and each other with the way things are now. And of course, when we are opening that space for dialogue and we are sharing and supporting one another, we enter a relational space. We enter a space that is based on reciprocity and learning. And the more that we ask questions of ourselves and each other, the more that we can connect, the more that we can really learn from one another which is why I think we're here and of course there's so much that we can learn so many structures that we have taken for granted so many ways of organizing our time and energy our resources and our thought processes all of these aspects of our lives are being brought into question as things change we're having to find new ways of doing things and again as a species We have the innate ability to adapt and to try new ways of doing, being, seeing, feeling, of relating, of caring for one another, of supporting one another. And I'm grateful for those people who have connected with me, who've shared their journey with me, their struggles with me. I'm grateful that they have seen that they can trust me. And I'm grateful to you and to Sam and the Whole Blowing Bubbles team having me as part of the show that I'm able to share with you and I'm so grateful to those around me who I can talk to and share experiences with and as we go forward we may find that we are doing things quite differently and that this can be unsettling so I would recommend and I would encourage talking about how you're feeling talking about what these changes mean for you and in this way we will be able to work together even better to make things the best they can be. 
And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Doug Schuler. Doug, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Well, I always say my uh, crystal ball is very foggy. Uh, what I would like, what I would like to see stick, is that you know the some of the positive things get more uh, become more accepted and more prominent. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more cross uh, cross aisle discussions. Uh, I, I really, I, I could kind of see it going either way. Uh, something that I, I really notice in the U.S., not that it's not being fought tooth and nail, but, you know, President Biden is putting forth an uh, African-American woman to be Supreme Court judge. Happened before. I mean, it's kind of a shameful that it's never happened before, but thank God it's happening now. And um, so there's lots of, you know, the the... I'll say the Democratic Party is has all sorts of uh, women in it and uh, people of color and uh, and that sort of thing. And it's not that you know you just want a different colors out there. You want you want diversity uh, of opinion and and people. And and if they're all white males, it's less likely that they're going to sort of act judici- judiciously. But um, so there's some super positive signs. Uh, I like all this development in um, kind of exploring in civic technology with uh, these deliberative councils and participatory budgeting and, and all of those. And I don't think any one of them is, um, you know, going to cure all our problems, but I'd like to see those sort of go to the next step because I really, there's been a long-term uh, push in the U.S. to make, make uh voting and, and just these kind of basic civic duties to be bad and boring and worthless. And so it it's it was so so common on, and both sides did it and and sort of demeaning the idea of um of even government at all, you know. Uh and and so you know it's I do I sort of more subscribe to this eternal dialectic more than I did before seeing how you know if somebody says something like well let's not pollute the river somebody's going to say let's pollute it let's pollute it you know i mean it's it's so it's so automatic and i think it is fair to say that you know i'm not i i'm not a i mean i guess i am partisan but but i don't see everything politically but there is one party in the u.s that the only thing they do is fight the proposals that the other side makes and uh, it's just that's not governing. That's just bullhorning. You know, it's just it's just absolute garbage. And so, and and some of them say, I don't want to play that game of what's the game? Talking to people, finding <laughs> out their opinion. You'd rather just say they're all, you know, full of nonsense. Uh, and so, I don't know. I just like I say, my 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 ball's not that clear. Uh, I see trends, but there's so so many, and uh, it gives me back to my people say, "Are you optimistic or pessimistic?" And I say, "I don't." Optimistic thinks things are going to get better. Pessimist thinks things are going to get worse. I'm just 
kind of right in the middle and I say, things can get better. I believe that things can get better, but they're not going to get better just by themselves. And so it basically behooves everybody. I'm sorry that it takes some time out of your schedule, you know, but it's going to take some, some work and, and it's not just going to be done by the, by the people at the top because they are not what I would call benign dictators necessarily, or, uh, you know, I, I think, I think some are just fine. And I think they're in our best interest and God bless them. But it's, there's a bunch that are in it for their own good and, and because they like power and that's just a fact, you know, let's you know, squeeze here. We have, yeah. Let's squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have, okay. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. This one, this version is from the sweet honey in the rock. Why this one? Well, I, you know, I, when I hear these sort of, first of all, they, I like the way they sound, but, but when I hear these protest songs like this, African-American, uh, you know, the obstacles that they faced were just absolutely tremendous. And this kind of reminds me of it and puts me in the spirit. And like I say, I like the way it sounds, but, um, but some of these uh, spirituals that kind of turned into protests are among my very favorites. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking, marching up to
do you think that there are going to be any COVID patterns or, or patterns that have been changed by the pandemic and our response to it? You know, in the beginning, I was I was sort of noting all sorts of them. That was when I was in my more optimistic phase, flattening the curve. I would have called a pattern, um, and it it sort of got abandoned in the U.S. People didn't talk about it, and to me, if you could watch your community, your city, whatever, watch the curve and realize that you were part of that curve, you know. So that's that was one. I also saw one. I would say gratitude because uh, people were out there with. Uh, uh, you know, the healthcare workers were, everybody had these signs. We support the health worker. It was all over the place in Seattle at like at five o'clock every afternoon for a while, or maybe once a month. I don't know. People were going out on their front porch and banging a pot or something like that to show gratitude to healthcare workers. I thought that was rather brilliant and inspiring. Um, so those were, those were two that I sort of saw, uh, yeah, and, and I think I had jotted down a bunch of when I uh, sort of wanted to pursue. Those are the two that, that reminded me. And they, and they may last. Um, this, the bit about out, outdoor, you know, outdoor things, even in a climate that doesn't really support outdoor things in the winter, uh, you know, I think that, that could maybe last. Uh, there were more, a lot of our streets are, are like closed off to cars, even in our neighborhood. I mean, if you if you live on that block, you can drive your car down it. But they were just sort of trying to slow it down in a way. And I do wonder about uh, nature and wildlife. You know, if if that it looked like a while in the beginning that that there was going to be this real resurgence. And to this day, I think there there may be more birds in our neighborhood, but maybe I'm just at home more and I notice <laughs> more. So I don't know. I have some questions to end of the show and not very much time so we're going to have to rattle through them what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years i i don't know there's a couple of ones that that maybe are going to turn out to be successful uh i wrote a letter to the to the editors of a journal saying that, that i didn't like the fact that they were leaving uh surveillance out of this issue it was devoted to china and uh and I said, you didn't even mention this in your call for proposals or papers that there might be some people that were critical of the digital governance in China. And so I wrote this letter and then they all encouraged me to actually write a paper. So, you know, I, I got a paper. Uh, so I don't know. It's not a great, huge accomplishment. All I've, I've liked, I've had a few things kind of like what we're doing now. Uh, and that sort of surprised me. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, Somebody wanted my viewpoint, not even, uh, I've talked to some, some couple of classes, um, things like that. I would call them great successes, but they were satisfactory. Uh, one of the things I've enjoyed the most is, is working on some art projects with my uh, grandsons. That's been very good because they have, they have these fresh eyes and I don't like to stick a coloring book in their face or something like that. Uh, so I don't know. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Superpower. You know, one just an aside. One of our one of the one of the patterns in our book that I really do like is everyday heroism. Uh, super uh, perseverance. What my what my wife calls a dog with a bone. <laughs> do you consider yourself to be an activist? 
Definitely. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Alarm clock. No, what gets me out of the morning? I, I, I think when I was young, I always wanted to do all these things, and I, and I didn't get to them. I never did them. And now I just got sort of over my lifetime, got in the habit of doing the things. And so when I wake up, I kind of basically want to do them. <laughs> What is the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Well, believe it or not, we have this we have some property that's been in the family for I don't know, 100 years or so, rural property, and I want to put up a little uh, very modest place where we can kind of go and stay. That would I think would be a good way to sort of uh be able to not be in the city so much and um and, and and do less of the kind of this 40-hour thing. I mean, try to enjoy, uh, even though I enjoy this, I do, but it's, it's uh, I don't know. It uh, seems like I would like to sort of uh, relax if that's possible or doable. Or... And lastly, do you have any advice yeah. for our listeners? I One of the things that I, I, I said to our I didn't tell them to do it, but I suggested it might be a, is to work work where you are and uh, look for opportunities that exist right where they are, you know, because they're different in different places, different times, different places. And but also have your eye kind of on the bigger things, and then you might sort of just morph into kind of where you wanted to be in some way. It's like a purposeful drifting. Purposeful drifting. I like that. Mawera. Doug, um, it has just been such a, it's been a real treat uh, listening to you today and being able to engage with you. I really appreciate the work that you're doing and in particular how it will enable that critical thinking that is so desperately needed. Um, I just have so much admiration for your work and it, it truly has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us today and keep up the good work. Thank you. Great talking to you and keep up the good work, you. Well, I think we're going to have to write up Be Kind as a pattern. Absolutely. No kidding. Thank you. It is a pattern. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in I found my mind in a brown paper bag But then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in See what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I pushed my soul in a deep dark hole and then I followed it in. I watched myself crawling out. As I was crawling in I got up so tight I couldn't unwind I saw so much I broke my mind I just dropped in 
to see what condition my condition was in. been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversation for people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is First Editions, just dropped in. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mwira Karatai in Fakatani, and we've been joined from Seattle by Doug Shawler. You can find more about the patterns that we've been talking about, the liberating voices for communication revolution, at publicsphereproject.org. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.